what does the average week look like for you? Sure, it may start with church on a Sunday morning, but by Monday morning, can any of us remember what the sermon was about? We spend so much of our lives doing so many things, transporting our kids around, spending too many hours in the office, trying to find time to spend with our spouse. But most of what we do related to our faith is crammed into about 80 minutes on a Sunday morning. Did you know that in a week, there are 10,080 minutes? If we're spending 80 of those related to our faith, what are we doing with the other 10,000? That's what this podcast is all about. Okay, welcome again to the podcast, 10,000. Um, we're excited. This will be our second episode. We are up now on iTunes. We are. It's official. It, we're officially a podcast. So you can search for us now, and you can subscribe to us in whatever podcast app you're using, whether it's the Apple One or on your iPhone or something else. You can subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a single episode. That's right. The 10,000 Podcast. We are on there. So yeah, please subscribe, like us, share us. If you can, write us a review on iTunes so other people can find it and use it. We'd greatly appreciate that. Well, without further ado, we're going to jump into our podcast. So in this first several sessions that we do, the first several podcast episodes, we are kind of looking at Ecclesiastes, some of the things that Solomon taught, some of the Proverbs he taught. Um, you know, these Proverbs are just like these pithy sayings. I had one professor tell me that Proverbs are like, you know, this is the bottom line. Like in my sermons, you know, Sawyer, that I give a big idea. You like do, yes. One, <laughs> probably too much. One sentence that summarizes the whole idea. Yeah. These proverbs are the big idea. Exactly. There's a whole story, a whole bunch of stuff behind them. So that's kind of what we're diving into in these first several episodes. Mm-hmm. And we're going to look in chapter 7 today. We went through verses 1 through um, 4 last time we were together. Yep. So if you missed four. that, go back and listen to episode 1. Live like you were dying. Live <laughs> like you were dying. And today we're going to talk about, in this section of Proverbs, we're going from verses 5 all the way through 10, that these Proverbs are, are kind of like the slow cooking Proverbs. Slow cooker Proverbs. Yeah, the slow cooker Proverbs. Because there are some things that don't come quickly. Mm-mm. That you've got to cook it slowly and, and let the smoke infuse your meat. Oh, you're making me hungry. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm just ate lunch, but I, I'm, I'm hungry. I know. I'm getting hungry already. <laughs> yeah, so that's what we're talking about, these slow cooker proverbs, because some things, eat. sometimes the best things take some time. So without further ado, let's jump into verse 5. It is better to heed the rebuke of a wise person than to listen to the song of fools. And then verse 6, like the crackling of thorns under the pot, so is the laughter of fools. This, too, is meaningless. Meaningless. That's kind of the favorite word, right? Yes. Just this smoke that's here and gone. Havel. Smoke. Meaningless. Okay, so it's saying here about rebuke of a wise person. Have you ever been rebuked? (laughs) It's like asking, have I ever talked to a person? (laughs) Of course I've been rebuked. It's not always the funnest thing, right? No. No, it doesn't feel good. Yeah, when we read this verse, I think the first thing that came to mind is uh, Sarah and I, you know, I'm going to be honest for a second. We have this ongoing 
debate, conversation, argument, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, <laughs> cause they're kind of all the same when you're married, right? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, and over and over again, Sarah will tell me that I'm working too much or that I have the tendency to just focus on work exclusively. And she'll, she'll call me on it. And I'll be like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. And she'll call me on it again. And the next thing you know, like, I'm starting to not feel the best, I'm exhausted, like, I'm getting angry with others a lot faster, and then I have to admit, yet again, that Sarah is, in fact, indeed, a wise person, and I should actually listen to her rebuke. How did those words taste coming out of your mouth? Even say, even saying it right now, it was hard. Like, when I'm in that situation of being like, yes, honey, you're right, I need to take some time off, or, you know, relax a little, and, and yeah, even... Trying to eat those words right now, it's like hard. Right. So that rebuke when you get it, even if it's from a wife right. that loves you right. um, or someone you care about who's wise, it mm-hmm. hurts. Yeah. It hurts. It's not easy at all. Um, but but I think what this proverb is saying is is what's similar to what's found in like Proverbs 27, 6, which says, wounds from a friend can be trusted. Hmm. We don't like wounds. We don't want to be stabbed. We don't want the hurt, the <laughs> well, pain that not. comes with it. Yeah. But wounds from a friend... Or from a wise person, like this proverb saying, is actually helpful. And it's saying that in contrast to a few different things, right? It says in contrast to the song of fools. So if you're thinking of like that fun song, I I can just have that image of like Green Street Hooligans. Do you ever see that movie? It's (laughs) (laughs) the the football club, okay, over in in England where, you know, the football team, the soccer team is what it's all about. People get together, they're drinking, they're cheering on, they Uh have songs that they're singing for these teams. One uh, the song I remember from the movie was about bubbles. I don't. That's all I remember. Is bubbles, <laughs> okay. bubbles. But it was like the team song right. that they're chanting. They're chanting. It's so much fun, and you think, oh, that's the enjoyable moment. No, no, no. Even being rebuked mm-hmm. from a, a wise person, word, from a wise person, right. is better than that. Better than that rubbery. It even says like the crackling of thorns. Now most of us don't put um, thorns underneath our pot when we're cooking our dinner. Right. We normally do it on a stove. Right. But, <laughs> do it on a stove. Yeah. But you can just imagine someone. Back in Solomon's day, sure. cooking on a stove, you're throwing the wood on the fire, and if you throw on a thorn, what is that talking about, the crackling of a thorn? I think it's that they, it's going to burn up right away. Like, thorns are small pieces of wood. It's that kindling that's just going to go right up in flames. Yep, and it, it makes that crackling noise mm-hmm. when it does it. So it's saying the laughter of fools, the song of fools, it's so quick. Like, even though it seems like a fun reverie moment, right. it's gone like that. It's gone like that. Whereas, like, a rebuke... Even though it is just somebody's statement of, of how they think you're living or, or what you're doing. But I think it's interesting. It says to heed it. Yeah. Which is not a word that we use that often. We don't use the word heed that often. Okay. Yeah. So what does it mean? I, I think what it's saying is it's, it's like three parts. So it's like we really want to listen to the person. Mm-hmm. Um, in our modern society, we have, the list, we have the tendency to look like we're listening mm-hmm. but not actually be listening. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. You might be doing that, this to doing that to this podcast right now, and that's okay. But <laughs> to rebuke, we actually want to listen to what the person has to say. Mm-hmm. That means making eye contact with them, listening to them, active listening, responding to what they're saying. But that's only step one. We need to actually analyze it. Like, think about what they're saying. Evaluate that. It's really hard for us to get an adequate picture of who we are as a person. Like, when we look in the mirror, we think we look great or we think we look awful. We don't actually get an accurate mm. picture of who we are. Right. So for that other person, they're giving us this look into who we are. We need to see, is that really who I am? Does it have a nugget of truth? Mm-hmm. Like, it may be hard to take, but is this person getting a better image of who I am than maybe the image that I see myself? Right. We can kind of hide some things 
uh, about ourselves that we don't even realize it's our bl- like our blind spot. Oh, absolutely. And, and it's interesting you said that idea of a nugget of truth. Um, my good friend Jimmy Smith, who you know in our church, yeah. uh, Jimmy Smith, I don't know if you know this, but one of his hobbies that he likes to do is pan for gold. Like panning for gold, like yeah, the like, things you do on like a fifth grade field trip. Yes, like prospecting, like <laughs> okay. back what they used to do. Forty ers coming west. Like he he gets he has all the equipment. Okay, and he'll go find rivers in the Rocky Mountains here in Colorado, and he'll just hang out for a day. Like you would go fishing or you would go hiking. He's out there panning for gold. Okay, and when you're panning for gold. Yeah, uh, you you take that pan yeah. or, or whatever the grate, yeah, yeah, the grate yeah. that you have. I don't even know what it's called. Me neither. That's my guess. <laughs> Not my hobby, I guess. <laughs> but, but you're out there and you you put it into the water. You get some rocks in there and then you just sift it, sift it, sift it. All the water comes out, all the junk, and as you're sifting it, you can find those nuggets of gold. Hmm. And it seems like that's basically what you're saying by heating. Yeah, like exactly. Listening, chewing on it, thinking about it. Because there usually is, even in a criticism where you're like, oh, that's not accurate, that's not right, I'm not really like that. There's mm-hmm. a little, little tiny nugget of truth that's in there. Right. That's gold. And it's easy to get wrapped up in saying, well, I'm not like that, and, and losing that bit of gold. Yeah. Because if you do hear that nugget of truth, mm-hmm. like, yeah, you're a workaholic, so you're whatever it is, <laughs> you know, when you have right. those, it hurts, but you can say, wow, that actually helped me grow mm-hmm. more than anything else. Right. And that's why hanging out with a bunch of fools isn't going to help you grow and become a better person, more like Jesus. Right. But a rebuke, that nugget of truth, that really couldn't help. That can be like gold. And that's why that third part of heating is to actually do it. If you chewed on it, if you've analyzed it, if you found that nugget of gold, that truth, don't just leave it there. Actually make Mm, a change. Yep, I like it. Listen to that rebuke. That's good. Grant Ryder, who's our fellow team member here at the church, Mm -hmm, our community director at... um, he came to me a couple of weeks ago, and he had an assignment for school, but he had come up with the assignment. Okay. That's kind of how it worked at Denver Seminary. Right. Both grads there. Yeah. For one of your training and mentoring things. So yeah. he came to me with an assignment, and he said, hey, Matt, for this assignment for my for my training and mentoring, I want you to give me feedback. Hmm. I was like, okay. He's like, yeah, I want you to give me feedback about me, how others perceive me, how I interact with people, how I interact with you. Tell me about myself. Tell me the things that I don't see. Wow. And I was like, are you sure? Like, is that really what you want? Like, <laughs> glutton for punishment? <laughs> and yet I so admire him for doing that yeah. and being willing to do that. Like I said, he came up with that assignment. And we were able to talk. I said, okay, you know, let's let's talk about some honest feedback. And uh, that's one of the things I was like, I admire this about you. That's like, <laughs> honestly, like this is great that yeah. you're authentic and you're willing to look at yourself. What can I learn? Because even... The rebuke of a fool, or sorry, even the rebuke of a wise person, even the rebuke of a friend or a loved one, mm-hmm. the wound of a friend is better than the revelry you get singing in a bar. Yeah. Yeah. Even when it's hard. Maybe even, even when especially hard. when it's hard. Maybe especially when it's hard. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's good. So these Proverbs, this this section, we're, we're going to jump down into verse 7 now, and it's talking about something, it seems a little odd that it's right. thrown in this section, but... As, as we'll explain, it fits really well in this series of slow-cooked Proverbs. <laughs> Verse 7, it says, Extortion turns a wise person into a fool, and a bribe corrupts the heart. Extortion turns a wise person into a fool, and a bribe corrupts the heart. Yeah, it's, it seems like a, a diversion, right? He's talking about rebuke. He's talking about 
you know, having a long-term vision in mind, and then he jumps to, like, money issues, right, which seems like such a, a left turn. So is that what he's talking about? Well, I, I, think, I think he uses that more as an example. So extortion, okay. right? Yeah. If you don't know what extortion is, it's basically just holding out and either asking somebody for money or controlling them mm-hmm. in a means to get money from them or get something from them. If you do it to a level like in business, it's illegal. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then a bribe, as many of you know, with that whole bribe scandal going on for college admissions is a lot of people, you know, would give money to receive something or you maybe give a bribe to somebody in position of power to, you know, make the cops look the other way or whatever. But I I think those two things have in common is that they're both kind of short term. Hmm. An extortion, you know, you try to get somebody from something right in that moment. Yeah. And then a bribe, you know, you pay somebody off to maybe get a temporary relief. Instead of paying, like, a consequence. Right. Instead of, like, going to prison or... Or actually getting good test scores yes. in college. Or yeah. being on your crew team and not faking it. Yeah. 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 So Actually are, being an athlete. Yeah, actually being an athlete. Yeah. So those are both, like, short-term in their scope. And so they turn, as Solomon says, it turns a wise person into a fool... And they corrupt the heart because we're, we're going after that short-term gain. Yeah. Instead of having the patience and vision for that long-term goal, even if it's hard, even if it's more difficult, even if it takes more time, we're not going after that slow-cooked sure. idea of life. Yeah, I mean, those short-term decisions we make mm-hmm. when they're sinful or illegal, like right. in the case of expression, right. when we do those, we think, oh, you know, this will help me quick if, if I put this on, on my tax form. Like, it'll get me out of the problem I'm in right now because I don't want to pay extra money that I right. owe. That you owe. But ultimately, it could really hurt you. It, it turns people, those quick um, rewards turn people into fools. Yeah. That's what it's saying. Yeah. It, it hurts you in the long run. You know, I, I know it's kind of different situation, but I was thinking of General Petraeus. Okay. With yeah. General Petraeus, if you remember, was what I've heard is one of the greatest generals in American history. Mm-hmm. Um, led us through the victory in Iraq and the Second Iraq War, mm-hmm. and just incredible guy. He yeah. was the CIA director after that, and people were talking about him being groomed to be Secretary of State, possibly even the President of the United States. Had this impeccable record and very well respected. Very well yeah. respected, and yet has a mistress, sleeps with her, gives her bad information, and just those momentary sin that he gives into for that momentary reward mm-hmm. ended up being his downfall. This brilliant tactician mm-hmm. is foiled by a little moment of sin. Right. It right. brings him down. It, and it reminds me of like 1 Corinthians ten twelve. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. That's right. In fact, if you're doing well, that's... She'd be the most wary, like, right? <laughs> right. These little things, these temporary gains can really bring us down. Absolutely. Yeah. That should check you, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Check your spirit. Okay. So moving on to, to verses 8 and 9 now. The end of a matter is better than its beginning, and patience is better than pride. Do not be quickly provoked in your spirit, for anger resides in the lap of fools. You know, we were looking at some of these Proverbs, and it's tough to know, is it just one verse, or is it two verses? How are these connected? And we kind of went back and forth, but we thought these two kind of connect together. Mm -hmm. Because he's saying at the the beginning, he says, the end of a matter is better than the beginning. Right. 
and patience is better than pride. So explain that a little bit. Yeah, so what, what I think he's getting at is that I think often with pride, right, when we think about when we feel proud of something, mm-hmm. it's often in, like, our abilities, right? Like, we can do this thing, or we've, we um, have this ability, we can talk to people well, we can produce our podcasts, we can do all these things, right? I don't know if we should take pride yet. Yeah, maybe not, maybe not. We'll, <laughs> we'll let you decide that, but... I, I think we often have pride in just our abilities, the things okay. that we can do, yeah. instead of actually what we've done, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, we have all of this optimism and hope of all the things that we can do, and then if we get to the end of the day and we look back what we've done, we're not really proud, proud of that. Okay. Accomplishments. So I, yeah. We're not proud of what we've accomplished. And so what I think he's saying there is that that, that patience, that ability to actually take the time to go through the task to go through the t- time that it takes to do a task and to do it well is actually so much better than just having the pride in you, what you think you can do. Mm-hmm. So that the end, when you've actually accomplished something, is so much better than the start because you have all these big ideas of what you're going to do, but it actually matters what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you ever hired someone? To like, do anything? Yeah, like gone through that interview process with someone. Uh, yeah, I did it at World Market a couple times. Sure, I hired you. Yeah, you yeah, hired I, me. I've done it a little bit. <laughs> but as you go through that process, it's like, okay, you're telling me what you could do. Right. Tell me what you actually have done. Yeah, talk about your experience. Don't talk about, like, I don't know, like, your what you think you're going to be able to do. Yeah, I, I want to know. Do you have give actual me, Give me some examples. <laughs> yes. 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 And that's a hard thing to do sometimes because, you know, we too often focus on, what we can do instead of what we actually done. Yeah, in, in like sports, they always talk about he's got great upside. You know, they're having yeah. the NBA draft yeah. coming up. They yeah. had the NFL draft a couple of weeks ago. Like, oh, he's got great upside. It's like, okay, yeah, but what can he actually accomplish? Yeah, let's look at the tape and see yeah. what he's done, right? <laughs> right. But I, I think I think the second part of this is talking about anger, right? Mm-hmm. And don't be quick, quickly provoked in your spirit. I think it's really easy when, especially us millennials, right? <laughs> Cards on the table. We want everything, and we want it now. No, we want it yesterday. Yep. Like, think about it. We got Spotify. Mm-hmm. We can get access to any song that has ever existed right here on our phone. Right. And we can listen to it right now. Yep. Or food delivery. Like, right. this is like a new thing. Like, you can order basically just about any restaurant, have it delivered to your house. You don't have to get off the couch. It's going to get there within 15 minutes. Or... You know, it's unacceptable because it's not there right away. If it takes me like three or four seconds for a page to refresh on the internet, I'm moving on. That's right. You think your Wi-Fi is long. I know. Yeah. Yeah. What's what's wrong? What's wrong? (laughs) But it's actually in those moments where we actually think about we're not getting quick to anger. Hmm. And we actually take the time to say, hey, I I need some patience in this moment. Just like I want to actually take the time to do those tasks instead of having the pride in my abilities. I want to actually have the ability to be patient, to listen to people, and not immediately jumping to anger. Patience, that's a fun one, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, it, it's really interesting. I heard this interview with Ayelet Fishbach, and I hope I'm pronouncing that name right. Okay. She was a sociologist, professor, PhD, out of the University of Tel Aviv, and she studied patience. Oh, interesting. And what she, she found as she studied patience was that patience is one of the most important character traits of a person who succeeds. Interesting. And what she found is that kids, because, you know, that's where you can kind of start and see yeah, some progression in life, yeah. how, how far they 
go in life and what mm-hmm. they accomplish. She's found that kids that are more patient have more friends. They get better grades, get better SAT scores, and then when they grow up, they are more patient and able to study to advance their careers. They can maintain their marriages better mm, yeah. and relationships, and they have less problems in life, less likely to get addicted to alcohol or drugs, and they're much more likely to keep a job. Yeah, I mean, I mean, on the surface, that all makes sense, but when you actually think about it, you're like, man, am I, do I have enough patience to, like, study to advance in my career, to have conversations with my spouse and actually listen to what they're trying to say. When the rubber meets the road, I think a lot of us really struggle with patience. Yep. Uh, I, I think it's one of those things that's like it's so important, this character trait. And I think if any of us right now are even getting impatient because this podcast is taking too long <laughs> to get to the point, Matt, um, then it's like, okay, maybe we should be praying to ask God for some patience. Yeah. You know, we're told it's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that if we are believers in Jesus Christ, we can ask the Holy Spirit to help us develop patience. And we might not like what God puts in our way, the right. obstacles. Might you give ask us God. the ability to uh, develop patience. Help me develop patient, God, and then, then you'll be in line for three hours at the DMV, or you'll be on hold with the IRS for eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> Just trying to get an answer to one simple question. Yeah. Um, but I saw I saw a video uh, last night actually uh, yeah. put out by BuzzFeed. They always put out really funny random videos that I think illustrates this perfectly. Okay. So it, the concept was really silly. They had a group of people and they said, "We're going to give you a hundred dollars if you can cut this piece of paper in half, closest to the exact middle, like without drawing any lines, without folding it." Yep. They gave them this little pair of child scissors and said, "All right, cut it." And so there was a bunch of people that were, were you know, talking themselves up, like, oh, this is going to be easy, I'm really good at, you know, deciphering shapes, or whatever they, whatever strategy they were going to use. Surprise, yeah. Yeah, surprise, basically. And then so they, they take that first cut really aggressively. They're like, yep, this is it, this is perfect. And then they get about, you know, maybe like a third of the way in, and they look, and they're like, they're, I'm, I'm already off. <laughs> like, their, their ability and what they thought they could do didn't match up to what they actually could do. Yeah, yeah. And and the person who actually won the $100 took the longest, was mm-hmm. the most meticulous, yep. looked at the paper, really thought about that first cut. Because by the time they got to the end, where they started matters. Mm-hmm. The end of the matter matters significantly, as Solomon says, but it also matters where you start. Sure. you got to do it slow. you got to do it slow. Methodically, even. Yeah. Thinking about it. Taking your time. Yeah. That's hard to do, right? It is hard to do. Yeah, that's good. Both in cutting a piece of paper and actually living your life. Yep. So I got a slow cooker last year. Okay. Not, not a slow cooker, a uh, smoker. Okay, smoker. Yeah, yeah a, nice. a smoker. And so I was like, okay, this is a slow process, right? Yeah. So I, in December, I think it was, I was like, okay, I'm going to smoke some pork. Mm-hmm. And this is my first like big smoking projects that I did. Okay. So I got the pork. <laughs> I read up on it, figured out how to do it, and I put it in there. And it was like, especially now at the beginning, I was like focused on it. This right. is like hours that I'm working on the smoke, making sure there's the right amount of smoke, uh, enough. I think I put some apple juice Ooh, yeah, and an that. onion in the, the pan oh, yeah. to make sure it, it stays moist in there as it's cooking in there. I kept checking on the temperature, kept coming back. It was, I think, 11 hours wow. I was working on this pork to get it to the place where I wanted yep. it to be. 
but it was good. Yeah, and I actually had some of that pork, and yeah. I will verify that it was very good. Yeah, it was for our staff Christmas party. It was delicious, yes. And, uh, yeah, I love it. I, I mean, I'm definitely biased, and this may be my pride coming out, but it was the best pulled pork <laughs> I ever had in my life. I loved it, and I know that's partially because it, I made it. You because know? you made it. But I, I, I think that's true. Like, if you actually put the work in, you took the time, mm-hmm. you thought about what you were going to do, you put in the work, yep. you're going to enjoy it more. Yep. So that's what we're talking about here, slow-cooked. Slow-cooked. That's what we want to think, our life. Sometimes the slow-cooked pork is worth it. There you go. Smoke it. (laughs) Keep smoking it. Change the wood chips. Okay. So moving on to verse 10. It says, Do not say, Why were the old days much better than these? For it is not wise to ask such questions. Hmm. The good old days. The good old days. What were the so, good old days for you? Good old days for me? I don't know. I think college was really good. Yeah, I think about, people. you know, hanging out with friends and obviously doing a lot of work, but also I felt like I had, I don't know, just more time yes. to do whatever I wanted <laughs> to do and just, yeah. If you're a college student listening, you will never have more time in your life than you do in college. Which it may seem crazy. It does seem crazy in college. When people tell you that. Oh, yeah. But it's true. It is true. Yeah. Yeah. This reminds me, I, I don't know if you know, but... The Office is one of the most popular shows in the world still. Sure. Even after it's being off the air, like it's one of, it's the top watched show on Netflix in views really? by like uh I was looking at it yesterday or the day before, like forty or forty five billion more views than any other T V show on Netflix. Have you seen the meme? I forget exactly what it says, but it basically the point is if if you have a Netflix subscription, it's really just like buying an the, office box set. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the DVD. But anyway, like, and I think it's yeah, it's the last episode of the show. Um, they cut over to Andy in, in one of those interviews that they do. He's look, talking to the screen, and he says, "I wish there was a way to know that you're in the good old days before you actually leave them." Hmm. That's a good point. It's a good point because when we're in the moment, when we're experiencing those experiences, we don't often think about. What, how we're going to think about it in the future. Yeah. We're just doing it. In fact, we complain. Yeah, we often complain. And like, are frustrated. Yeah. Like in college, I was like, man, this is so much work. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to manage this and a job. And then you get to real life and you're managing job and family. And yes. you don't have homework, but you still have other work. And, it, uh, you yeah. know, yeah. Which is all, yeah, for sure. And that's why I think Solomon would say, do not say why were the old days better than these. That question is is not even worth asking because that nostalgia to go back to the good old days it's it's distorting our minds and making us fools yeah it's those rose-colored glasses right yes we only focus on the good times the moments of joy the moments of excitement Mm -hmm. and we don't realize that in reality it's probably equally as difficult equally as hard we're just not remembering those we forget some of the hard things we do forget some of the bad things that were going on uh have you ever seen the movie midnight in paris you know, I haven't. I've seen scenes out of it. Okay. Now that, now that we had talked about it a little earlier, but yeah, I, 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 I've never seen the whole... I'll have to watch it. You know, I'm not like a huge Woody Allen fan, mm-hmm. uh, although I think that movie has a just a powerful message because it's all about nostalgia. Yeah. And Owen Wilson plays the main character in the movie, um, and he is an artist, or he's a writer, I guess. Something he's a like writer, that, yeah. and he's on a trip visiting Paris. His fiance is there. And yet he still, like, longs for the good old days of Paris. Mm -hmm. And one night as he's in Paris, he gets 
a ride on a car, and he's transported back to the 1920s because those were the grand old days for any writer and artist. Those were like incredible days in Paris. And while he's there, he meets people like Ernest Hemingway, Zelda and uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald. He meets Gertrude Stein. He hangs out with Pablo Picasso (laughs) and Salvador Dali, who's one of my favorite artists. And it's just amazing that all these people were there in Paris at the same time. Like, oh, that's like the golden age, right? Right. And he loves it. It's having such a grand old time. And he meets a lady there. Mm -hmm. So even though he's engaged to Rachel McAdams... He still has this nostalgia and, oh, is romanticizing the past. Literally. Literally. He falls in love with this woman. Because he falls in love with her. (laughs) Yeah, he falls in love with this woman from the 1920s. But what's really interesting is that he keeps going back there and wanting to basically escape modern day life and go back into the past. And while he's there, this woman that he falls in love with wants to go back even farther. And they hitch a ride and go back to the 1890s, <laughs> the Belle Epoque of, yeah. of Paris, right. um, which most of us don't even remember what it's like in the movie. You know, it's depicted <laughs> pretty well. But for this woman in the 1920s, that decade from the 1890s, that's where she wants life. to go back. That's to. where she wants to be, and she almost gets stuck there. Mm-hmm. She wants to stay there, and, and I think finally Owen Wilson's character realizes, wait a second, you know, everybody has nostalgia for the past, even the past. Right. Even the past. <laughs> Even the past. There's always a better time in the past. There's always a golden right. age. Right. You, you said something that really stuck out to me. You said he's trying to escape mm. his life. Yep. And I think that's what Solomon is getting at. He's saying, you know, when we look back at those, the good old days, those rose-colored glasses, mm-hmm. it's often that we're trying to escape what's going on in our life right now. Yes. And what Solomon says is a more wise approach. It's not wise to ask those questions. It's not wise to look back at the past. It's wise to actually evaluate your life now and appreciate the good things that are going on in your life now. Appreciate yep. what God is doing in your life right now. Right. And so, yeah, this doesn't just apply, apply to eras. Right. You know, it's yeah. not just like, oh, my gosh, in our church world. The 1950s and 60s, that was so much better because like everyone everybody went to church. church. Or, oh, remember the 80s and 90s when Sunday school was full of kids. Mm-hmm. It's like he, he, always thinking back to the past. But I think it also is personally, Yeah, we can do this with just in our own life. Yeah, time. absolutely. Because we can say, oh, remember the college days. Yeah. Oh, life was so much better then. I didn't have any cares. Yeah. Or remember those first few days, first few months and years of dating. Oh, yes. Ooh, yes. Yeah, the rose-colored glasses. We couldn't keep your eyes off each other. So great. Oh, yeah. my gosh. We couldn't keep our hands off each other. <laughs> yeah. Like, we, we do that in our own mind mm-hmm. instead of saying, whoa, whoa, let's embrace the day that we are in right now. Right. Let's embrace it. Let's enjoy it. This is good right now. Mm-hmm. I don't need to look backwards. Right. What I have right now is good. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I think appreciating... What, what God is doing in your life right now. Yeah. I think we can also do this with our faith. Like, when we look back on maybe like when we were, I don't know, in youth ministry. Like when we had, we were just so focused on God. Or we had a mountaintop experience at a camp or a retreat. And saying, oh, I felt God so much in that moment. But then I get back to real life and I don't feel him in the same way. Sure. Actually taking those steps to appreciate what God's doing in your life now. Mm-hmm. Jumping into prayer, talking to God. Taking those moments to actually say, God, what are you doing in my life? What are you doing through me? How can I make other people's lives better? What are you doing in me and through me? You have to actually appreciate what's going on right now. 
And I think it can be so challenging because sometimes we know that this isn't the good old days. Mm. We're not like yeah. Andy in the office. Right. It's like, oh, no, no, this is the bad day. Yeah, that's true. Like, I'm in the trial right now. Mm-hmm. I'm struggling. I lost my job. My marriage is suffering. So we do – but go back to the past. We want to have that nostalgia going yeah. back to the good old days. Yeah. But building on these proverbs we've looked at already in this section, I think we can say, well, maybe what God is doing right now in this difficult circumstance, yeah. this challenging day, is developing me for the future. Yeah. Maybe I'm being slow cooked right now. Mm. It feels like I'm getting burned. But I'm getting, uh, you know, shaped and molded, and I'm in the fire for sure. Yeah. But I'm being made into something better. So even though it's hard right now, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's a good day in a sense. It's a good day. It's a good day. (laughs) It's building something better. Yeah. So those were the slow-cooked proverbs. Slow-cooked proverbs. So next time you go out for barbecue, you have some amazing barbecue, or maybe Matt will have to invite you over and to show off (laughs) his pulled pork. Yeah. Think about of how God is slow cooking all of us, yeah. transforming us, mm-hmm. and making us not into delicious pulled pork, but into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. Amen to that. Okay, well, thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe right now. Subscribe on your podcast app or whatever you're using to make sure you're getting all of these. We'll be back next week with another episode. And until then, we'll see you later. I never see-